0: You're listening to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is.
1: This is episode 288 of Beyond Synth. My name is Andy Last and I hope that I hope this show <laughs> Oh fuck me! Ah, oh, it's great when you literally start the show and it's broken. What I mean to say is, my name is Andy Last, and I host this show. Uh, and this is episode 288. There's 288 of these things. And on today's show, I am going to be chatting with Neverman, who is a cool guy and makes cool music. And I will also be catching up with Kid Cassio, who has a new album out. So you lucky people, you get double the guests this week. Anyway, let's get the show started. I got a cool track here from Pensacola Mist and uh, a singer by the name of Melissa sent me a message on Instagram, and it was <laughs> it was such an awesome message that I just <laughs> I always forget to check my Instagram messages. I keep forgetting there's an inbox, but uh, anyway, so I got this message, and she said, uh, "Hey, I know the chances of you reading this are slim to none, but I'm just a small-time girl with nothing to lose." <laughs> What a fucking great opening. Uh, I've recently had the pleasure of collaborating with an up-and-coming synth band, and it's a long shot, but I would be beside myself if you could take a minute to give a listen to our work, and maybe even check out their Insta. That's short for Instagram. And then she says, who knows, maybe you'll end up loving them. So I checked them out, and they're called Pensacola Mist, and uh, it's really good stuff. And so I thought I would play the song that she sings on. Her name is Melissa McNaught. Is that how you say that? Look, here's the deal. In my small town, because uh, I'm just a <laughs> small town boy with nothing to lose, <laughs> my uh, grandma lived on a street called McNaughton, which was spelt exactly like that, except it had O-N at the end. So that's why I'm going to assume that it's McNaught. And my neighbor had a dog called McPherson. So you can do with that what you want. But anyways, I uh, hope you guys dig this song. This is Pensacola Mist with Sex and Violence featuring Melissa McNaught. <laughs> And that was Sex and Violence featuring Melissa McNaught by Pensacola Mist. So, yeah, I don't know where Pensacola is, but it's a word I recognize. Maybe I can head over to Wikipedia and figure that out for myself, but I'm not going to because we got other things to do, like thank the awesome Patreon supporters, awesome people like the Kings of the Pattersons, Mike Shima, my favorite hacker, Robert D. Bishop collecting souls, and Dance Magic Chris Dance. I hope you guys are all having an awesome week. I don't know what the weather's like over there for you, but over here, it is hot. In fact, patron Cenotaph wrote me a message and said, Hey man, just wanted to send over well wishes after reading what is going on over there with your heat waves. Absolutely crazy temperatures. I hope you and your family are safe where you are. All the best, mate. Well, yeah, man, we're fine. It's hot, but it just rained the past few days. In fact, it's still gray out. You know when you, you got that heat that's coming at you, but then you know there's a storm coming? And you remember that guy at the end of Terminator? In fact, where we are right now, there was a fucking tornado just like uh, 40 minutes away. I got the alarm on my phone. Normally, it's usually an amber alert, which which always goes off at like 2 in the morning. I don't know if this happens in your country, but we'll have those alerts go off when like a kid gets kidnapped. But like sometimes they'll just ring the alert at like 3 in the morning. And this time it went off, but it was like, uh, there's a tornado coming. And apparently, the family literally got that warning on on their phone looked out the window and was like holy shit and then ran in their basement and then the fucking tornado like just ripped up their house so I guess those warning things are good Anyway, thank you, Cenotaph, for your concern. It turns out that the climate is changing. And it's getting pretty hot and humid, but, um, my dad's basement is pretty cool. And if it didn't smell like a basement, I'd probably hang out down there. But you know when basements just have that smell? There's There's several different types of basement smell. There's that one where if you're in an apartment building and someone has a basement apartment and it's carpeted, and when you walk in, the room just smells like the 70s or something. It just feels like you went back in time. It's like you can, like, smell the wood paneling and shit. And then there's those other types of basements like the one that uh, my dad has where there's like a workbench, you know, the hot water heater and stuff. And so it just sort of smells like a like a garage, you know, like a garage where you have like power tools and stuff. It's like a certain type of atmosphere. And so I don't necessarily want to put a chair and a TV down there. But sometimes when it gets so damn hot, that basement is so cool that I'm like, fuck, just put a comfy chair down here and a TV, like, I could hang out down here. How about you, listeners? Do you have a cool basement? Write in and let me know. All right, let's listen to this. (laughs) Let's listen to this song. Uh, This was super interesting, so I had to play it because I like when people do interesting things. This is uh, Matthew from Video Void, or Matthew, and he did a little side thing here called 70, the number 70, and the track is also called 70, and it's a new project which is a mix between synthwave and neoclassical music. If you want to know what that sounds like, you're going to hear in just two seconds after I thank my awesome Patreon supporters in the Krona Club. There's Emil and Hampus ML. You guys are great. Okay, now listen to (laughs) this. All right, now listen to this. This is 70 with the track 70. Some nice synthwave and neoclassical music. that was 70 with the track 70 who is actually uh, Matthew from Video Void and that's a cool track and it was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters well we got a new one this week we got a new 10 dollar patron Stanislav Hello, Stenislav, thank you for becoming a cool patron. Your last name is also on here, and I feel like that's the one I'm gonna fuck up, but I'll try anyways. Stenislav Faliboga? Faliboga? Faliboga. Is it an E sound or an I sound that I makes? Anyway. You've also capitalized some of the other letters in here to confuse me. But uh, you can write in and let me know, man. But Stanislav, thank you for your support. And he wrote in a letter, he says, Hi Andy, thanks for the great show. It's always cheering up and often makes me looking like an idiot laughing at the street. Need to confess, I don't really like synth. But music is something secondary when show has such an awesome host. With love to all Beyond Synth family, Stanislav. Well listen man, that's a very unique unique letter to receive. Is there any other listeners who actually like really aren't that into synthwave but they just are entertained by like the banter of this show? Maybe I don't want to know the answer to that question. <laughs> hey man, it's the, it's my love for the music that made me start doing the show in the first place. So like okay, I'm not going to change anything. But anyways, thank you uh, Stanislav, for supporting the show. And we got an upgrade here, Mr. Gimpson. <laughs> Has upgraded his support and is now in the Triple Six Club. That's right, Mr. Gimson has seen the eyes of Satan. And uh thank you very much for uh doing that, dude. You're all cool, but of course we can fight this evil triple six nonsense with awesome synthwave and neoclassical music, hashtag Christwave. <laughs> cuz that's literally what he wrote and i hope uh, i hope you guys dug that so let's listen to one more track and then we will have a little catch-up with Kid Cassio. That should be a good time. So, I want to listen to this one from Duet. You know, I'm still struggling trying to organize my gigantic Synthwave playlist, which I've just done the math now. Is at 50 days? And, you know, I have a lot of behind-the-scenes conversations with, uh, I guess, what you would call Synthwave veterans. You know, the the uh, artists who have been there since the, the very beginning. And a lot of them, even if they still listen to Synthwave, they tend to stick with the artists they liked and not necessarily listen to too much other stuff in the way that I do because of doing this show. I'm constantly inundated with new music and new artists and stuff like that. And uh, and I was talking to this artist and, and we were talking about our mutual appreciation for the work of Duet. And then I remembered, shit, I bought this album and I never played a track from it. So Duet put out this album and it was sort of like shorter songs. I think he was just writing an album where it's like each song had to be written in a very quick amount of time. And so they're just they're just little short songs, but they're all great. Uh, I always like the vibe of uh, duet tracks, and so we're going to listen to this one. It's from the album Outlines. It's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's Jose Arbello, the King of Hell, with the 66.6, and Mike Erdahl with the Donation of the Beast, plus 50. You know that equals 56.66? My audience is trying to open up a rift into hell, and the only one fighting against it is Tim Carlton, the Golden Boner, with the 50. Alright, So let's check out this little short track from Duet. This is Feel. That was Feel by Duet from the album Outlines. Duet's a cool guy. And, uh, of course, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's Jacob Wick, my semi-sonic friend. You know that uh, myself and the Beyond Synth family have been slowly working away on reviewing all the Billboard number one hits from the 1990s. And I've decided that when we're done, I'm also going to do deep dives into artists who... I always say I don't like because I just want to see if they just have songs that are, that are good in there. Like, I want to try and end this thing with a positive message. I don't always want to say like, you know who sucks, but then like not really know too much about the artist. So the other day, just for you, Jacob Wick, I went on Spotify and clicked on Semisonic because to be honest with you, I only know closing time. That's the only one I know. And you know what's hilarious is in their top 10, closing time is track number one and track number three. <laughs> closing time (laughs) anyway maybe one of these days I'll let you know what I felt about some of the other tracks of semi-sonic and I would also like to thank City Hunter with the 42 the coolest guy in town so how about this let's go catch up with Kid Casio all right, so look, I am here right now, uh, catching up with the uh, old friend of the show, Kid Cassio. How's it going, man? Woo! <laughs> I'm, am I clapping myself? Does clapping yourself mean something different in England? Or? Uh,
2: no, 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 it's just a bit embarrassing. Um, <laughs> well, I, <laughs> there's no one else here to clap me, so I have to clap That's myself. <laughs> how great to hear from you again.
1: Yeah, man. So how have you been? I think... The last time I
2: talked to you... It's certainly been a while. Was it like two years ago? Yeah, I reckon it it probably was. And lots has happened since then. So what have you been up to? Obviously running my studio, Fiction Studios. We had to relocate the whole place, which was a real hassle. And we found a new building to relocate the whole studio to. And then suddenly... A worldwide pandemic happened, so yeah, it was a bit of a disaster. Kind of, I moved in in March 2020, which was the moment here in the UK that everything went into lockdown. Right, and it gave me time to build. It. I mean, if you look at the place uh, FictionStudiosLondon.com online, it's a very <laughs> um, interesting looking space. It's kind of like an old, bit like an old library, and there's about six thousand books and old staircases and old boilers and pipes and old couches.
1: Right, so when you set up the original studio, which uh, we had talked about before, like that sort of stuff was already there, right? So are you telling me you've... It was. You cut it out and brought it to another place, like all the books and shit?
2: Exactly. Yeah, it was a crazy experience, because it was an old set that was built by someone that worked on the Harry Potter films, and it had been left in this basement and we kind of took it over, and I was really keen to, you know, recreate it in a new space, because loads of my work is people coming to the the studio to do filming and stuff because of the way it looks. So I had to you know, literally take it apart book by book, you know, reassemble it in this new space, and um, it was a tricky time. But but you know, I had a I had a, a national lockdown to do it in, so that was kind of nice. <laughs> it would be a time that I wouldn't be open anyway, so I had kind of three months to get it exactly how I wanted it, get get it soundproofed, everything like that. And then I opened the doors in June 2020, expecting there to be this flood of work, you know, and all every artist in London wanting to come in and record. And yeah, no one. It was just. Tumbleweed, you know, it was <laughs> just no one around, and it's only recently that um, things have started picking up, you know, and 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 we're sort of finally starting to see people wanting to use the space and and things kind of reaching some semblance of of normality.
1: Yeah, so when you're reassembling the whole thing because obviously when when I picture studios and I picture all like the soundproofing panels and stuff, but obviously like carpet and bookshelves and these sorts of things can also be used yeah as tools for directing sound and stuff. So yeah. when you're rebuilding the studio, how, how does that factor in? Like do you still put like kind of soundproofing wall stuff and then the
2: bookshelves on top? The books and the carpet, I mean for people that haven't seen it, the one side of the room is it is uh, looks like an old kind of gentleman's club from 1850 which is just kind of huge bookcases and walls lined with ancient books and then the other half of the studio is a state-of-the-art recording studio with carpets on the walls and ceiling and floors and everything but you know that's just acoustic really and you do have to soundproof the place first before any of that goes in because i'm sharing the building you know with like firms of accountants and like <laughs> barristers and you know that th- it's a really corporate building there's just like suits on every floor and i'm down here in the- basement so i had to really make sure that the soundproofing was amazing because I, I have big like rock bands coming in you know and during the daytime and playing like heavy metal and stuff so you know that was a massive thing we had to get it really you know majorly soundproofed and i actually um was crawling up in the ceiling between the ceiling and installing this um kind of hazardous fibrous soundproofing foam and i wasn't wearing a mask and i had this cough for like two months and I, to this day i still don't know whether that was caused by this uh fibrous foam mm. sticking to my lungs or whether i'd caught covid <laughs> <laughs> i
1: still i still don't know do they have a blood test for uh, <laughs> inhaling soundproofing foam that you can take
2: the thing is we can all take tests for covid now and it's really mm. easy but back in you know april last year you know it wasn't something you could readily certainly not in the uk no one you know you just couldn't get a test for love nor money so yeah i was just going around thinking i had covid
1: that's got to be the most frustrating thing because i know like my brother's like a heavy smoker for example it has to be the hardest thing in the world during a pandemic to be someone who has a chronic cough yeah this is because it. everyone is going to just look at you like an asshole like every
2: time you <laughs> cough like oh fuck no I, I don't have it you know like <laughs> you're on a train or something and people are just turning around and kind of tutting you know, yeah, of, yeah. You know looking at you kind of worried actually worse than tutting probably just telling you to get the fuck off the train you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's bad I mean it was, that was what it was like for me because I have kind of asthma which I think either the COVID or the, the fibrous material could have ag- aggravated <laughs> you know
1: this, this does sound like a cocktail for a bad situation to put yourself in a confined space with asthma spraying toxic foam without a mask with no mask
2: <laughs> yeah it was it was pretty stupid. I feel like maybe it. you
1: don't need to take a test. I think it's kind of clear.
2: What to <laughs> but you know what? There was a good outcome to this. And it, it meant that I got these phone consultations with the doctors because at that time you, you couldn't go into a doctor's surgery. So I ended up having these phone consultations with doctors and I couldn't get a word out. I was just on the phone coughing, basically. And, and I got onto this, this list on the National Health Service saying I was extremely vulnerable. And because of that, I got my test, my my vaccine, sorry, in like January this year, before like my seventy five year old mother had got it. You know what I mean? And I got a call from the doctor and said, "Oh, you got to come in and have your, your first vaccine." And I was like, "Don't be ridiculous! You know, I, I can't do this." They're like, "No, come in today. You got to go and have it." So I came in and I queued up, and I'm not joking. Everyone else in the queue was like a hundred years old, like on, on Zimmer <laughs> frames. You know. And I, and I got to the front of the queue and I sat down and the woman was like what are you doing here and I said they've told me to come my GP told me to come and they, she said I'm really sorry but there's been a massive mistake you shouldn't be here but I'm you know I'm going to give it to you anyway because you're here and that was that and I had it I had the first one in January and the, and the second vaccine in in uh, March and I'm still convinced there's someone in my area called oh, Nathan yeah. <laughs> Cooper who's n- 95 years old who's still <laughs> who's still waiting for his it's <laughs> been some administrative error somewhere yeah.
1: there you go well, that's good though. <laughs> See, there's, there's a uh, what? Every cloud has a silver lining. Is that the expression?
2: Exactly. I'm, I'm all. Va- I was all vaxxed up, nice and early. So, so that all went on, and what that really meant was that I was able to put some time into my Kid Cassio album. And you know what? I actually think I wouldn't be here chatting to you now with an album just released if we hadn't had a pandemic because I think it's been 5 years I think it would have been another 5 I've been so busy and it just takes me so long to get around to anything and the mixing took so long and the the songs I couldn't choose the songs and, and I just think it just gave me some time to kind of refocus and really get it all mixed and get it sounding how I wanted and and I think it's because of that that I'm able to release it now it was ready in 2019 and then stuff happened that year and then i thought well i'll release it in 2020 and then the covid happened and then so here it is now finally well <laughs> listen
1: how about this how about we actually listen to uh, a track from it and then and we can talk about it. so what's the name of the album the album is called songs from the tolly oliver what does that mean or how about this let's listen to a song and you can tell me after good stuff i want to uh, i want to listen to this one This is a track called always by kid Cassio. was always by kid Cassio from the new album i'm here with kid Cassio right now and you can explain to me what
2: a tolly oliver is it's kind of a made-up word to be fair i just thought it had a nice ring to it i live in an area called greenwich in london and there's a pub near me called the tolly which my father used to frequent as a young child most of my childhood was spent sitting in the back of a Renault 4 outside the tolly while he drunk inside and would occasionally bring me out a, a packet of salt and vinegar crisps and throw them through the window <laughs> and i'd sit there listening to the radio and uh, that was my childhood basically <laughs> and so that that was the tolly and then oliver's is, is a little um a little kind of jazz club in greenwich as well that we used to go to and have a have a right old knees up there and that was a fun place and yeah put the two together and i just thought nice word tolly oliver i wanted us an album that was songs from you know like songs from the big chair or something like that you know tears fears album and i just liked the feel of that and i just thought songs from the what and i kind of thought about it for a bit and god knows where that word tolly oliver came into my head but I thought it kind of rolls off the tongue and um, was quite an interesting word so,
1: so talk to me about that track because that's a cool one it has got, it almost has um, some kind of like um, Marauder like never ending story
2: vibes oh I'm glad you I'm really glad you spotted that because it started I, I mean I wrote it's a really special song to me actually I wrote that for my wife to perform on our on our wedding day so i i think i wrote it i'd written it about sort of six months in advance and then um i got a band together to play it you know on the day and she didn't know anything about it i was performing a couple of tracks with my old band the modern at the wedding anyway and then at the end of the modern set actually my wedding was just like an a excuse for me to do a gig to be honest i kept referring to it <laughs> as, as my gig so anyway you know i performed this at, at the wedding and actually, the song started out as a kind of bit of a ninety, had a really 90s dance kind of vibe. And I and I wanted to go in a kind of more of a, yeah, Never Ending Story, Marauder kind of direction. And I found this patch on the DX7, the actual, I've got the real DX7, but I've got a plug-in of it as well, the Arturia make. And there was just a patch called Never Ending Arpeggio or something and I just stuck that on top and I was like mm. that is perfect <laughs> so it's kind of got that feel um, and of course I love that song everyone kind of really rates Maroda's you know I Feel Love and the stuff he did with Don Summer which obviously is brilliant and groundbreaking but people kind of gloss over you know his, his work with Phil Oakey and his work with Lamal and you know with Never Ending Story and I think it's a great track you know, it's a, it's a brilliant, brilliant song. Um, and I love the production on it. It's just... Oh, yeah, man. No, Never Ending is fun. I also love all the uh, songs on Scarface. Oh, yeah. I mean, his soundtrack stuff is just... Is another level. I mean, that's just brilliant. I'm really excited about hearing the stuff he's... Because he's produced a couple of singles on the new Duran Duran album. So I'll be really interested to hear what he's done with them kind of things. But, um, yeah, Always was a was a nice track. You know, I think that'll probably end up being a single because I've had quite a good, you know, response to that. I mean, i since found out... Out. someone said to me oh the lyrics of always are quite similar to a, a certain cure song i think it's love song actually by the cure and i looked it up and i was like wow yeah they're, they're fairly similar you know in the chorus and then i found out that robert smith wrote that song For his wife Oh nice So I was like Wow okay But you know It certainly doesn't sound like it But there's a couple of words In there that are similar
1: No I didn't uh, I didn't pick up on that at all Like I picked up on the vibe Like the never ending story vibe I sort of picked up on Yeah I'm still kind of curious a bit So just in case the audience Isn't clear When you're not doing Kid Casio stuff We were talking about Relocating the studio So you also run this studio Fiction studios Where you also like Mix and record Mm. Other artists Music and stuff And the whole Soundproofing thing So how much Ceiling space? Did you have to lose in order to feel comfortable with the soundproofing?
2: It's kind of like, you know, where I've built the space is kind of like an old office. So it's not like a big grand old building. It's kind of like it had these office, you know, like having offices, like these kind of polystyrene tiles mounted on a grid on the ceiling
1: yeah those things are fucking pain in the ass where you gotta put them on like a
2: diagonal <sighs> to take them out oh my god I broke so many of them but it doesn't matter because you can't see them because I've, <laughs> I've covered them I left it in there basically there's two ways you can do soundproofing you can build a room within a room which is basically incredibly expensive and I just didn't have the money to do that I made sure that the walls were really soundproofed but I wasn't so concerned about who was above me because the people that are above me are very rarely there so I, I thought well I'm still gonna try and soundproof it so I left this polystyrene grid tiles ceiling in place and that's what I was doing I was lifting those horrific polystyrene tiles carefully off and then going up with a ladder and stuffing the gap between the ceiling and where the tiles lay with this um insulation you know soundproofing stuff there's a there's about three or four foot in there between the tiles and the, the concrete ceiling and then i just covered the ceiling with these kind of drapes of, of red velvet so you can't see any of the tiles anyway which i think probably adds another layer of soundproofing because it captures the air and um, it's got a layer of kind of air which is really good soundproofing as well so
1: i cannot stand fucking drop ceilings like we have yeah two in our apartments at one point i had to do i had to replace a tile or something because there was like a leak <sighs> and then the landlord was just sort of like going like hey it's easy you just gotta like pop mode and put him in and it took me so long because you have to you put him on like a weird diagonal and put in the one corner first and I fucking snapped the corner off of it and then I ended up like oh they crumble
2: they just crumble in your hands (laughs) what are they made out of just like asbestos or paper or something I don't know because they almost crumble easier than styrofoam yeah they're horrible things i got so annoyed with them i started off trying to remove them really carefully and then i got so annoyed i was punching holes in them i was like i was punching my head through them i was just like i had head biting them i couldn't bear it maybe that's why i got the cough maybe it was those things because they, 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 they really they really break up don't they into this kind of tiny little gritty fiber maybe mm-hmm. that was it
1: we're just adding more and more uh clues to this whole problem <laughs> Then there's going to be the. Yeah. And then one time, I took, I turned the fire extinguisher on and just, just breathed
2: it in. <laughs> I don't know what caused that cough. <laughs> well, the other thing I did was, it had, I had windows down there, but I blocked them all up mm. because I wanted, a, I wanted a real cozy sort of vibe. So I blocked all the windows up, and it was about three months before I got an air AC unit in and bringing some fresh air in. So about three months, there was just like no air, no natural light, fibrous particles in the air. <laughs> It was, it was a death trap, mate. Absolute death trap. Also, <laughs> oh, two little uh, accidents happened. So I was cutting some carpet. I thought, how hard can fitting carpet be? I thought, this, this cannot be that hard. So I bought myself a nice, sharp Stanley knife, put a new, fresh blade oh, in Oh, no! Yep. Sliced through some carpet. No. And it went through, like, all my strength, pulling it through, and then it just slid through like butter, straight through the carpet, straight into my hand. And you know when you, when you kind of know that you've done something really bad and you stop for a second and you go oh my god i've done something really really bad i've really fucked myself up mm-hmm. and i i couldn't bear to look at it i know that i've caused myself a massive injury and i just cannot and in, uh, i had to in the end and i i looked at my finger and I just sliced the whole top of my finger off. I mean, the pad. When I say top of the finger, I, mean the, I don't mean like the nail. I mean, like, the pad. The pad at the end of the finger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I called an ambulance. I got taken to hospital, and they said to me, right, well, this, you know, we're going to have to stitch it back on. And they said, either it'll take, or a new finger will grow underneath. And that's actually what happened. And the old bit fell off, and a new finger grew underneath. But I've, to this day, I've still got no feeling in my index finger no no feeling at all so sad days
1: this is fucked up but i did the exact same thing i'm trying to remember when this was it was a few years ago cuz i was just about to record an interview with with someone for the show and i was cutting through cardboard and i did the same thing where i just did like the long slice with the exacto knife except i cut through my nail of my pointer oh. finger
2: that's even worse,
1: and I sliced it straight through. And I remember exactly that feeling that you're describing, where you do the thing, <laughs> and you don't even necessarily feel pain right away. You just go, no. "Oh no!" Yeah,
2: you're just like, "If only I could go back ten seconds. Like, I've done something really bad. I help. I've done something yeah. really bad."
1: <laughs> I, I mean, I cut myself all the time. Like, I'm always yeah. using exacto knives and things, and so. But I, but there are always little nicks, and so there was this moment where I'm like, "Oh," where I realized this is a deeper cut than normal. Yeah, and I still kind of have a line from it. Sort of, like it went through the nail. Oh, I just can't bear it. I can't bear it. What do you call the 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 ladies who do uh, nails? Uh, cu- uh, I was going to say culinary. That's not the word. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> you know, cuticles. It's a job. You know, there's yeah, always these... knocking a nail bar. Yeah. Oh, uh... <laughs> <don't know>. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> what is a nail salon? What's the job of a nail salon? Beauty salon establishment, uh, manicure. Manicure is the manicure, word I'm looking for. Manicure,
2: that's it, of course, manicure.
1: Pedicure, manicure. Yep. So anyway, uh, they they put this basically like a shell. Like So women do this all the time, like when they get their nail oh, extensions wow. on or whatever. And so I basically had like this sort of plastic shell they would put over oh, my wow. nail to make it look nice. And then and then that allowed like the new nail to sort of grow over or whatever. So for a while there, I was going to the manicurist to do my one finger. <laughs> <laughs> I <was> like... <laughs> And I would always go in just for my one finger, so I just love the idea of going to the manicurist yeah. and like, yeah, can you do this? Like, just show my one finger to them. <laughs> like, yeah. Just put the powder on this. They called it the powder for some reason. I don't know why because it was like a solution. But then they, anyway. But uh, dude, I feel yeah. that's a that's a story that really resonates with me because I've done it so many times. Like where where you have an exacto knife and I know how sharp and dangerous they are. Yeah. But then what happened to me was I was cutting so much that I got bored of cutting. Like because I was cutting all this stuff out of cardboard and. So So I just started to the swipe started to get more and more leisurely like and less precise because I was just trying (laughs) to get things done and it was probably like I bet you the last cut I had
2: to do it's when you're in a rush and it was just fucking that's it and I I came oh I can't think about I came to the studio next day and there was like the, the knife was still on the on the floor and it had like covered in blood and stuff so <laughs> 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 it's
1: like it's a crime scene yeah like, yeah totally the, the knife was on the floor there's a a chalk outline of your hand yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well look let's listen <laughs> after all this unpleasantness let's listen yeah. to a song i want to listen to this one it's called uh, the everlasting flame yes by kid Cassio. for sin was Kid Cassio with the Everlasting Flame. And I'm here right now with Kid Cassio talking about very <laughs> unpleasant stories of <laughs> Getting our fingers sliced. You said that was one accident, though. What was the other?
2: Oh, the other wasn't quite. I I fell off a ladder and my cartilage popped out of my knee. And actually, I still haven't done it. Yeah, I still haven't done anything about it. So every time I'm walking down the street now, if I don't think about walking, which is a weird thing, because actually, when you're walking, in general, don't think about walking. You just kind of do it. But if for a moment my mind comes off the fact that I'm walking, you know, my leg will move in a funny way and this cartilage will pop out of my knee and I'll have to just stop and pop it back in. So I really should go to the doctor about that actually.
1: Oh man. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all in the all in the pursuit of making music. Yeah. yeah. People think I'm like a eighty year old man now like when they're listening to this like well, some ancient oh my cartilage popped out of <laughs> my knee. <laughs> But actually, going back to the Everlasting Flame, that's yeah, a yeah. good song to pick because actually that ties in once again with Neverending Story because it originally there's a little sax line at the beginning of the song, and originally it was on this sitar sound, and I don't know if you know in in Neverending Story, it's got this great little solo in the middle of the song, yeah, which is played on a keyboard sitar sound. And I found the exact same preset on a keyboard, and I, and I did this kind of little riff on it, but I don't know why it eventually just ended up being, um, being saxophone. I kind of preferred it in the end. So
1: When you're producing an album for so long, I mean, what, I, what I've always appreciated uh, about you is that you really do put out albums that feel like full album. I mean, you know, I'm terrible with music description, but, you know, like, uh, like a lot of the music I play... On the show, a lot of artists, it's very sort of like singles. Yeah. It's like, you know, like a series of singles or or things, whereas I, I do feel like all the releases you put out just feel like proper albums. But when you're sitting on something for so many years, I mean, how much stuff changed between... Because when you're saying it was done in 20... Because I know we've talked about this before, where you're like, oh, I've got my third album yeah. and it's ready to go. <laughs> and then that's the accumulation of you know several years of of making songs Yeah. and then when you go into this process of like mixing and and picking things for you know on and off for like two years I mean how does that change the the shape of the whole thing
2: yeah okay so between that 2016 to kind of 2018 2019 period you know i probably wrote 30 songs but probably like 20 songs properly finished they weren't scraps of ideas they were properly finished songs but they normally are drawn from different projects and stuff so me and a friend uh, benjamin todd did some music for a film that my brother was in called miss you already which has got drew barrymore in it and i think we wrote like kind of five songs for that and in the end they ended up using one so the other four I kind of put away as you do and it's just kind of there are some songs you just keep coming back to and and, you know I'd come back to them occasionally and think actually you know these are good and it it does take time to be able to tell which are the good ones and some of them fall by the wayside and you know that they're not the good ones so there was a few that came about through that and then a couple of years later I did a pitch for the Stranger Things soundtrack with a friend of mine where we pitched four songs for that which didn't get used in the end but again you know we felt like they were i felt like they were good songs you know the basics of the songs would have been there but i would they went for a bit of a transformation in fact the songs for the film went for a big transformation because they originally had think i think had live drums in so I, i kind of replaced all the live drums with drum machines and stuff like that so they went for a bit of a transformation and then occasional collabs i've done with people i've been collabing with a guy called juno crisis who's a french guy who was sending me these really great midi patterns you know we're both into the kind of the same music and I just got some real inspiration. I was kind of running them through some of my old synths and stuff, just these kind of little hooks and stuff they'd written. And I was like, oh, you know, I like some of these, and they just kind of spark some inspiration sometimes. So I think about three songs came about through that so there was just little you know things along the way and and then it came to about 2018 i thought okay well now's the time to kind of really sort of look at this body of work and decide which are the ones that i think would make a good album basically and i whittled it down to about i think 15 and then i sent those 15 off to some people that i really kind of respect some really close friends who are musicians and stuff and i said look i want to get it down to 10 or 11 and i was really gobsmacked at what they came back with you know Actually, the ones that I've included on the album, and there's a couple on the album. I think there's one called "Moved On" and another called "Stop Holding On" and another called "Holla hollow which weren't going to be on the album at all. But it was just because few people, family and friends, said to me, "Yeah, these are good ones." There were some other ones that I wrote that I thought this is brilliant. You know, this is the best thing on the album, and everyone, without fail, said, "Yeah, don't put that on." (laughs) (laughs) So, as an artist, it's impossible. It's absolutely impossible, and even more so when you've been sitting on them for that long to know actually which are you know i said i, I know i said you kind of realize you know which are good songs and which aren't but actually when it comes down to the crunch it's very hard as an artist to kind of really make that decision because you're so immersed in it i found it incredibly difficult and i've just been mixing the whole thing as well which took an age because normally i spend two weeks with a guy called adrian hall and he you know we mix the album together and it's done and dusted and that's it because i decided to mix it myself because that's my job now basically and i thought you know i mix for other people i should really be able to mix my own songs i mean that was just a whole world of pain you know i mean that just took so long you know normally when i'm mixing someone else we'll have the studio booked for a couple of days and and it'll be like a a quick process and you bounce off the other person but with your own stuff it's just so hard you know to hear it with fresh ears i guess and that again what added to the time why, why it why it ended up taking so long you know isn't that something you're not supposed to do is mix yourself exactly you're not i thought that was a rule it is a rule and i'm not sure i'd do it again to be honest it was something i felt i needed to do to kind of prove to myself but i'm I'm really pleased with it people have said they they think the production's good and stuff like that but I, i just for the sheer time it took and you know it really did almost send me great what with my knee and then my <laughs> dodgy lungs? I do enjoy the support you get from your brother. Yeah,
1: because there's always some story about like a, a movie he worked on where it's like, uh, and then we we played the band and then we we had a song on the thing or
2: whatever. So like that's that's fun. You're absolutely right. He's been really great like that. You know, we've had the chance to do some music for films, which you know wouldn't wouldn't have happened otherwise. You know, we we did some great songs for a film called Tomorrow Drew that he was in, where we actually got to play the rock band in the film as well, which is really fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, he's, he's been really helpful in that way and, of course, been a massive support to the studio um setting it all up and stuff. I just need to get him more on board with Kid Casio, man. He really needs to be kind of full-on with the album, you know. <laughs> I sent it to him the other day, and he's like, oh, I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. You know, I will. <laughs> so we, we shall see. Well, you got to beat
1: him up and then make that a contractual obligation in his acting or whatever.
2: Next film he's in, when he, when he goes to audition for the film, he has to say, I'm only going to be in it if the soundtrack includes Kid Cassio."
1: Exactly. <laughs> if I was a good businessman, these would be the things I would do, because I, I struggle to do, like, self-promotion and all this, and it's always very easy easy for other people to be like oh but you know this person why don't you do this or why don't you ask this person yeah, for this thing yeah. i'm like fuck you like
2: yeah.
1: it's it's just not in my nature to to no. do it but uh. i mean
2: people say the same thing to me about you know running the studio because obviously i'm coming into contact every day with you know big artists and, and big labels and stuff like this i've got a amazon doing a podcast here every week mind you i've never heard of any, any of the artists that I, I I look at their Instagrams afterwards and I'm oh right, they're number one, sold eight million records. <laughs> 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 heard of them. But like you say, it's, it's very difficult pushing your own music. It's a really personal thing. It's kind of the, the eternal struggle of the musician and the artist. You know, it's great. I can spend you know, days, years in a studio perfecting my music and being painstakingly kind of ocd about it and getting it just how i want it and everything like that but actually when it comes to promotion i find it incredibly difficult you know i don't even know if i'm going to bother with videos this time i've done a little live session well that looked good though yeah that was really cool like i saw some of the clips from from instagram and yeah it looked it looked good yeah and i'm going to kind of drip release those over time some more of them but um, I worry about the whole music video as, as an art form, whether anyone watches them anymore. Yeah, it's, it's quite sad because MTV and, and music videos were so much of my growing up and it was such an important medium for me and something I loved. And when I write songs, I still kind of imagine how I'd like the video to look and stuff. But I mean, YouTube is out there as a platform, but yeah, I just feel like the importance has gone out of it. You know, people just make lyric videos now.
1: What you need to do is you just need a good thumbnail of a chip Where you can almost see her whole boobs, and then you make that the image. This is it, and then people will click on it, and that
2: is the trick. Well, this is this what we've come down to because no one's going to watch a whole video either. People want. 10 second clips of things for instagram and even you're lucky if they even watch 10 seconds especially if it's not got a a slip of a boob in it you know you're done for my favorite thing now
1: is noticing the photoshopped thumbnail images that are designed to get you to click because of some weird sex thing so
2: yes i've noticed this as well
1: and big brands are doing this as well one of the my favorites is a collage of soldiers returning home and surprising loved ones. Okay, that's the YouTube video. Right. The thumbnail is a girl in, I guess, like a cheerleading outfit, and she's she's <laughs> doing one of those hugs where she's hu- hugging the soldier guy, and she sort of has her legs wrap around him. And they <laughs> photoshopped her ass to look bigger. <laughs> Like, so it looks like she's got this big fat ass. And then when you watch the video, she doesn't. so ridiculous. And then I saw another one where it was a lady doing a workout video. And it was just like, she's in like a yoga outfit. In the thumbnail, they gave her like
2: CGI camel toe. Camel toe. toe. Is that the PayPal one? Is it another one? Because PayPal have just done exactly that. PayPal have done exactly that. They've done a video of a girl um doing a workout with like these little um kind of cycling shorts on or whatever and they cgi'd on the thumbnail a camel toe and so yes you kind of scroll past it and you're like hang on a minute there's like thousands <laughs> of comments on it there's a pharmacy in the uk called boots mm. and they did the same thing where they, it was kind of like what's that and you kind of stop and it, it was someone's elbow but they zoomed in on it so it looked like like a <laughs> vagina basically <laughs>
1: And I'm like, what? (laughs) But uh, you know what I love? First of all, it sucks because it's it's just like, how fucking cheap? And at the same time, I love that my like, lizard man brain that when I see these things I do stop. For it's like you assholes like I hate that they're gaming my lizard brain because like I will do it all the time. Where I'll see a stupid thumbnail where I'm like ooh, boobs and I'm like I'm an adult like I can find these things without scrolling through YouTube but like I know. I know. it's I know. it's fascinating it's crazy man. So that's what, that's what you got to do. That's what I'm saying. You do, next Kid Casio video. You just you have a lady with a yoga outfit and she doesn't have to appear and then your top comments will all be hey man i came here for the fucking thumbnail and got ripped off you know all these dudes because those are the kind of comments you want on your video i'm
2: so gonna do this man
1: <laughs> um but look man listen we can probably wind down how about we listen to one more track yeah and then we can wrap up so i want to listen to this uh, was another track that i dug called sanctuary good choice and uh it's by kid Cassio.
3: We bend and break It feels like we're about to fall Heaven will always be enough
1: And that was Sanctuary by Kid Cassio from the new album, which you
2: can get on iTunes, Spotify, Deezer, Amazon Music, Apple Music, and all good stores. I l- I'm so glad you chose those three songs because someone asked me the other day what my favorite songs on the album were, and I, I actually picked those three.
1: Well, that's fucking perfect. Well, you know, like over the years of you coming on this show and like the kind of the tracks i pick i think you kind of get a sense of what i kind of like and i i do love yeah. all the ones that have that sort of upbeat classic kind of synth pop vibe to them
2: anyways man look good to speak to you man so so good to speak to you again yeah you
1: too and i'm glad you're doing well and i'm glad uh the studio is uh is activating again
2: yeah yeah it's almost getting too now i'm complaining that it's too busy which i should never do you know i should never do that
1: well that's a, a good problem to have yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so where should people go so it's it's Fiction Studios
2: yeah Fiction Studios com. if you're in London and you want to come and record your next album record a single or come and do a live session in a really fancy studio or um yeah or if you want to check out my new album head to whatever streaming platform you like or be old school and download it on iTunes yeah like an old man <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right man well it was good chatting with you yeah man. and uh, the new album's great i i i had fun listening to it oh thanks dude and uh be well i've never ended a conversation like that before sorry
2: <laughs> i like it be well <laughs> be well
1: Right. And that was my catch-up with Kid Cassio. Don't forget to check out his new album. And that segment, of course, was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters like Hugh Hefner in the 2666 Club. And in the $25 Club, we got Clint Dowling, A Star Apart, Alex Selickson, and Blake Peterson. And how about we listen to a track? I want to listen to this one from Train to Spain. This is Bad Boy. Train to Spain with the track Bad Boy, and that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the twenty-five dollar club. People like Eurobeat intensifies, Honey Jimmy the Hut, John Masari, and Johnny Five. You guys are all right. Uh, how about we do birthdays? Uh... so I know this one's a few days late. Uh, I apologize. My schedule's a little squirrely right now, but I would like to wish a very happy birthday to your friend Estevez, whose birthday was technically either yesterday or the day before, depending on when I post this episode. Uh, June the 29th he wrote a letter and he says Hey Andy, I spent a whole year saying to myself I'd send you a message well ahead of my birthday and then I forgot. Ha <laughs> ha! Anyway, it's a big round number this year and it's sucks because I love a party and stupid COVID is ruining everything for everyone. So look, if you want to mention it in a future show, it's the 29th of June. It would give me a cheer up for sure. Hope you're doing well. Thanks for the great episodes. Okay. How the hell do you say your name? What's it? Hey, in the future, uh, <laughs> can I recommend that all patrons just have, uh, traditional Western names so that I, <laughs> I can fucking say them? <laughs> From now on I want all I want all patrons to be called like Peter and Matthew and Dave and Jeff. you know I just decided <laughs> anyway, how do you say this? JOAO <laughs> Happy, <laughs> Happy birthday, Joo Joo? Joao? Is it just a cool way of saying Joe? Joa? Wow! <laughs> All right, you're gonna have to write me in again, cause I have no idea. Jow, Joow. Oh, there's a fucking fly in here. Oh, you fucking bastard! Nope, no, nope. no, nope. not Abner. You bastard. Stay right. Fuck you. Yes. All right, happy birthday, drow. All right, next week... Alright, and hey, the day after your birthday, possibly the day I release this episode, but probably not, uh, it's happy birthday to Poo in an alleyway, another awesome patron, aka Doreen, I hope you're doing okay over there, I don't know what you've been up to lately, I don't really check my social media anymore because I find it very depressing, so there's certain people I've kind of lost track of, actually maybe you can answer a question for me, oh I thought I was your friend on Instagram, alright, I've requested it. <laughs> so I guess I won't get my answer today. Uh, let's see here. What can we say about uh, poo in an alleyway? Five three. My camera lens broke last week. Has a tiny desk plant. Ooh, there's a little picture of a desk plant. God bless Rich Evans. He's from uh, Red Letter Media. And then a chair, a living room. Oh, that's your location. <laughs> Happy birthday. I've just read your Instagram bio. <laughs> I hope you have a lovely birthday. See, I was hoping that I could just click on your Instagram and then get some update, and I could be like, oh, I'll tell you what Doreen's up to. But I can't, because it turns out I wasn't following your Instagram. So, I'll just have to pretend that you are celebrating with that houseplant and some dude, right? Uh, Anyway, happy birthday to you. Now, let's see here. (laughs) Actually, we got a few more birthdays, but you know what? I want to listen to this song from Wave Shaper first. Look at that—we got a—we get a two-part birthday this week. So I want to thank my awesome Patreon supporters. Did we thank Johnny Five already in the twenty-five-dollar club? What about Kempson and Ken Giroux? and Mr. Magoo Samurai and Neverman? Neverman. Well, we're gonna hear from him in just a bit. Uh, but first, let's listen to this cool track from Wave Shaper. This is thirty-three megahertz. That was 33 megahertz by wave shaper. Yeah, Wave Shaper makes cool music. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 club. Awesome people like Newmark, Restless Nights, and Techno Ben. And of course, there's Forged in Neon with the 2049. And uh, we have two more birthdays here. And then we'll listen to another song, and then we'll go chat with Neverman. A nice big full show. So I want to say happy birthday to Gary Heather. Yeah. Gary Heather's a cool guy. Gary Heather has been a loyal patron for a long time. And I hope you, Gary, have a happy birthday. And you're actually one of those Patreon accounts that confuses the hell out of me because when it switched over to pounds, I don't know what the fuck club to put you in. <laughs> Unless you want to be part of the Kroner Club with these uh Nords and Swedes. But you 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 use the proud pound. That doesn't sound good. <laughs> Anyway, uh, you know, Gary, uh, you're a cool guy. I've appreciated your support for uh, a long time. I apologize if I ever uh, forget to say your name, because once it's switched to eight pounds, it takes you out of the $10 club, even though that's the equivalent of $10. And I thought the whole point of this Patreon thing was to put people in the right categories based on their donate. Anyway, look, the point is this. Have a happy birthday, all right? Go out there, get yourself a burger, or if you're on a diet, don't. No, actually, no, never mind. It's your birthday. Good a burger. And some chips. I've been watching this YouTube channel of this British dude who just drives around eating takeaway. Has anyone else watched this guy? His channel just blew up and became like super popular and like every day he posts a new video where he just like eats takeout. So now I'm thinking about that for all my British listeners. I'm thinking about all the cool takeout places you can go. But anyways, look, that's got nothing to do with you. Happy birthday, Gary Heather. I hope you have a fantastic day. Just like Jeremy L. Corp. That's right. Happy birthday to you, Jeremy. Your birthday's on the 6th. Oh, I forgot to say Gary Heather's birthday was on the 4th of August. And Jeremy L. Corp's birthday is on the 6th of August. What a popular week. Actually, well, it's technically because this episode's late. Anyway, Jeremy, thank you so much for supporting the show. I hope you have an awesome birthday. You know what? Just between you and me. I hope your birthday's a little better than Gary's, you know that? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. Since we all got to stay inside, everybody's birthday is ruined. Unless, of course, you like being inside and playing video games and stuff like I do. I'm just a few missions away from beating Mass Effect 2. Not that you give a shit, but the point is... Jeremy, you have a fantastic birthday. Get yourself a few cupcakes... You put in enough candles. You know, before you're 30, it's still fun to have, like, all the candles. And then, like, once you get older, like, my birthday cakes now just usually have one candle in them. And then instead of, uh... (laughs) Instead of blowing them out, I I extinguish them with my tears. (laughs) I look in the mirror and go, Ah, fuck. I'm getting old. But look, the point is this. You're a cool guy. Keep on being a cool guy. Happy birthday, Jeremy L. Corp. You are a cool guy. So let's listen to one more track and then we will go chat with Neverman. So here's a single from Color Theory. This one sort of grew on me. Again, this is what I love about Color Theory's music is because he'll always throw in some hook or something that at first I go that's odd and then I eventually go oh no I I like it. For this particular song I love the the chorus bit where it goes on the outside and does this weird vocal thing. Anyways, you're going to hear it right now. So I would like to uh, also say that this song is brought to you by my awesome patreon supporters in the twenty dollar club we got joshua winter and Chatterack, and with the 1988 we got waylon caskey geospatial who's maybe still on his ruck march who knows i guess we'll find out soon uh but first let's listen to this this is color theory with the outset <laughs> And that was The Outset by Color Theory. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's COVID 1986 with the 1986 and in the 1985 club the Bueckleman sisters Rachel and Sarah. Then we got Gene Creamer Private Eye with the 1515, Prophet of Jupiter with the 15, Mads Baron Christensen and Sky Wolf in the 1313 club. Look at all you guys in your crazy numbers. And then there's Retro Serenade and we will never forget the immortal Chris Saliah Lane. So look, we're going to go chat with Neverman now. It's been exciting. This show has been a big long show. Oh, and before 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 I forget, please keep sending in your emails and voice recordings because I am going to be doing a full listener email voice message show so you can send me if you're a patron you can send me a direct message at the beyond synth patreon you can also send me a direct message on twitter or SoundCloud or at beyond synth submissions at gmail.com send in questions comments uh, whatever there's going to be a big show that's all just like listener submitted stuff and if you want to send me in an audio recording of you uh having a comment or asking a question that's going to be in several weeks i'm giving you guys plenty of time i know some of you you know listen to the show like a few months later whatever and so i want to give everyone a chance to uh submit to that show and that is all i have to say now let us go chat with neverman all right well i am here right now with neverman how's it going dude everything's good it's almost springtime. Nice. So, uh, and you are David, is that correct? My name is David. And I'm from Sweden,
4: like 75% of your guests, uh, <laughs> I guess.
1: <laughs> I feel like you guys are all born and then like the government like issues you like a little keyboard or something.
4: Yeah, basically, uh, <laughs> that's how it works. I think it's just we have cheap like music schools here and stuff. I think that's one thing. We go to the music schools and they teach us the different instruments and uh, to play songs and stuff
1: but then why does everyone end up making electronic music I don't know <laughs>
4: <laughs> and we also uh, want to stay inside and not meet people so I guess that's the <laughs> that's how it works and ABBA of course uh, it's always ABBA's fault here <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, they are really awesome. Hmm. Like I, I do, I do actually really like ABBA a lot. Like I was listening to some tracks the other day; they got a lot of good ones.
4: Yeah, I think they they taught us how to ignore that we're only like ten million people, <laughs> and uh, like tell us you can you can hit it big, but it's it's good. A lot of great music here.
1: The population of Sweden is ten million. Yeah, huh. exactly. It-
4: <laughs> Very small. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's always interesting. I mean, I guess, like, Canada is funny, because, I mean, our population really isn't that crazy, but it's, like, just spread out over, like, a giant landmass. Mm-hmm. So that's why it feels small, because it's just a bunch of, like, interconnected small towns and, like, a few big cities. And
4: Yeah, I uh, I uh, took the Greyhound bus uh, between, I think it was Toronto to Vancouver.
1: <laughs> what were you doing, just a trip?
4: Yeah, it was, no, I was... Uh... Backpacking in quotation marks through Canada. I was uh, sleeping on uh, different couches and uh, like for two months And uh, I went by the the Greyhound bus and it took like 48 hours or something. I don't know. It was sitting in the seat uh, going through Canada. So I've seen basically the whole thing.
1: Right. So why why did you choose to uh, travel through Canada? Just something to do?
4: Yeah, it was um, when I went to university in Sweden. We had foreign exchange students going through there and... um, at the place i lived there was like two rooms where every semester there was a new <laughs> new student from a different country mm. and that was really great so two different people from canada uh, lived there during my time at university so when i finished my uh, studies i contacted them and asked can i stay at your place <laughs> for a while <laughs> just to have kind of a vacation and uh before i start a grown-up life so then i stayed in canada for I, th- I think it was two months just
1: doing nothing did you enjoy driving through the prairies it's very exciting to look at yeah uh, it, was,
4: uh, <laughs> it was it's like sweden basically the plains and the forests and the mountains but we have it but much smaller so yeah i liked it um i really loved the cities as well and uh but most of the time I spent in this skiing village called Fernie I think in
1: British Columbia
4: Yeah BC it was uh, Fernie it was in the mountains <laughs> There were was a bunch of people there like being uh, ski instructors later but this, this was in the fall so I couldn't ski there that was the, the most stupid thing
1: oh, yeah. I went to a <laughs>
4: ski skiing place and I, I it wasn't there was no snow there so uh, <laughs> really
1: stupid <laughs> but i mean even now with like the the fucked up weather you could go there in december and then not be able to ski <laughs> like that <laughs> happened here when we, we you know we keep on having all these weird mild winters and at one point it happened in my province where usually it's like yeah like it snows in december and that you know kicks off skiing season mm-hmm. and uh there was no snow for such a time that then they had to start like making fake snow mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that's a whole thing, and it just feels so silly to have to do that. Like in wintertime, make fake snow for the skiing because, like, there's a there's a lot of towns whose whole you know economy is based around like their, their skiing. The yeah. uh, why did I forget the word with the skiing uh, downhill? <laughs> you know that. <laughs> No, what the hell is the this uh, business? Is the word bi- not The word "business" can't be what I'm trying to think of, is it? Business. There's Alpine. the whole economy is based on their skiing business. It's based on their skiing industry. That's the word industry. industry. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Holy shit! I uh, <laughs> I didn't get a lot of sleep. <laughs> what What did you uh, go to university for? What was your plan?
4: I had no no plan. Uh, (laughs) I was just going to university General arts No, I was communications, I think I studied English Some different stuff And then I went back to university uh, Like ten years later So I have no real I I have a communications degree, I think That's what I have
1: What do you mean you think? You don't have that thing fucking uh, pinned on your wall?
4: Uh, No, Uh, not really (laughs) <laughs> um, do you have to add that? It's like when you're, you're a doctor, I get it. Uh, when you have like a degree, like that's important, uh, a law degree or something.
1: But well, it's nice when you just have that piece of paper up there that just confirms like, yeah, I, I, I did a thing for a few years.
4: I think I have a PDF <laughs> of
1: it. <laughs> well, look, how about this? Let's get into the tunes here because obviously uh, Neverman makes tunes. Hmm. That's what he does. Neverman with two ends. You can explain that to me. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought we would uh, check out this one. It's a track called Andrea, mm-hmm. which you first uh, put out as a single in 2018, and and we're gonna listen to that. This is Andrea by Neverman. And that was Neverman with Andrea. Yes. That's a cool track. And I'm here right now with Neverman, a.k.a. David, mm-hmm. talking about going cross-country in, in Canada and getting a degree over there mm-hmm. in Sweden, a degree in communication. I don't even know. What does that mean?
4: You learn how communication works, basically. <laughs> well, like, this is a phone. <laughs> there's different kind of um, ways to look at it like how you communicate and uh, how there's filters between and what that filter could be when you communicate uh, between uh, different languages there's uh, some kind of filter and uh, when you communicate between different kind of cultures or uh, economic backgrounds um you have some kind of filter there too that's what i remember about it uh, i think i wrote a-, a paper about how horror movies changed with the fears of the times like when uh, there was zombie movies in the like night of the living dead the fear was atomic wars and you can see that in the movie. It was that, not that deep. But right, <laughs> but right, right, right. I wrote about it. So uh, kind of like that. And you have like feminist view and you can have uh, like a uh, economic view and you can have, yeah, you can look at it uh, in different ways. basically.
1: You mean Night of the Living Dead?
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can look at it at in every way. You might not find anything, but you oh, can yeah. <laughs> look at it.
1: <laughs> That's the wonderful part of uh, the internet. You know, on YouTube, I can find that all the time, you know, where. Or... There'll be something I really like, mm-hmm. you know, movie or game or TV show or something, and there'll be someone doing like some critique of why it's awful. Yeah. And then it makes me rethink everything, man, and I'm like, "Wait, do I hate this thing I like?" <laughs> If I personally like a a thing, like a movie, but then someone else doesn't like it, then I get all sad and I'm like, but they don't like the thing I like. (laughs) Yeah. Then I get really mad and I start commenting in the comment section, but it's like, you're wrong, idiot. (laughs) Yeah, very healthy. (laughs) That's what I learned in my communication school.
4: I think the problem now is you always look at what's wrong with stuff through a certain point of view. And that's not how we were taught. We were taught like... You can look at stuff from different points, points of view, but it doesn't mean that it's bad. It's just it might mean something. I think we talked about like soap operas, for example. Why are they considered bad? Like, yeah, they're bad, but they're, <laughs> they're <laughs> Like they're, there's layers to it. It's just not, not that they're bad actors maybe or what whatever, but you can look at it in different ways. Yeah, you know, university. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it was
1: fun. <laughs> yeah, university. <laughs> yeah. You said you were there, but then you left and then went back. So, was there a point where you are like, all right, now I know what I want to do for my career. I want to be a banker.
4: Yeah, I, uh, I started to think about being a teacher, actually. Okay. But I tried that. <laughs> it was a temp, and that changed my mind pretty fast. I thought, no, I, I can't be a teacher. I, uh... <laughs> That won't work. So uh, I basically studied some more English, <laughs> and then I, I got an English degree uh, as well. So I have two degrees, <laughs> but that's nothing I use today when I where I work. So. Uh, the studies were more for, like, studying at university. I wasn't studying for a job. Well,
1: sometimes it's important just to keep your mind uh, active.
4: Yeah, and I, it's like going to university is more like networking, basically. Like, I, I met people there that I talk to still, and uh, actually got me into making some music also. So it's more like that life, I think, meeting new people. That's that's university for me. Yeah. It's not, necessarily what you study.
1: No, I agree with that. I think that was like my main takeaway from school was uh, just maintaining good connections because all the jobs I got after school were all through the friends I had met, you know. Mm -hmm. One of them gets a job and then needs, uh, you know, someone to come on and help out on some gig or something and then, Mm -hmm. you know, that's why you have to be nice to people. Yeah. And be a a pleasant person because, like you know, we went to school with a lot of fucking assholes and then like we just always talk about like, like, what the fuck is up with this dude? Like, this dude is just an asshole, and like there was a few people who just had like weird attitudes, and we're just like, what is this? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how good they were. No, so much of it is attitude because there's so yeah. many times where you have a friend who you know is smart, a person, or just like a clever person, or is competent, mm-hmm. but they might not be an expert in the thing you need them to do. But you know they're smart enough that like, all right, well if you know I train you for like a week, you're gonna get the job. Yeah. You're going to rather want to work with them. <laughs> than some asshole who you know is good from the start because it's like but then I gotta be around this piece of shit all day like no way like <laughs> yeah exactly. I'll take my chances training someone who I like to be around mm-hmm. so I guess the moral of the story here is don't have a bad attitude no (laughs)
4: That's very (laughs) bad. When I think about the Neverman stuff that I do, it's a collaboration and I'm not the best at (laughs) most of the stuff on the songs. I'm trying to be a nice guy and talk to people and get them to work with me. (laughs) That's Neverman. Like, I I write songs, (laughs) of course, but, but I have fabulous people around me that help me produce and mix and master and play saxophone. I don't know how to play saxophone. If I'm not a nice person, I can't get them to work for me in this kind of a way.
1: Yeah, no, it's true. Plus, you know, in in the new, like, the the internet age where everyone's just communicating with everybody and stuff, like, this is a weird time for someone to choose to be a jerk. Mm -hmm. Like, for no reason. Because the second you have a bad experience with someone like you're already just like telling somebody else or or you know or warning them about it you know because it's just so easy to communicate with everybody now and like mm-hmm. if ever i have a bad experience with a person like yeah like i'm chatting with my friends like the second later like fucking what the hell's up with this idiot like <laughs> yeah. you know and then <laughs> and then we're just in a conversation you know and so it's weird to me when i come across people and i do mm. who just have like shitty attitudes or just like idiots it's just like what mm. are you doing like you now you, now your reputation is sort of global you know like it's it's you know if, if you're engaging in some sort of public facing thing like it's important to not be a dink because like mm. it's just so easy to you know people can like copy your chats and show them to be p- other people you know what i mean like there's so many ways yeah. like you can be exposed for being an idiot you should make those t-shirts
4: like don't be a dink you should, <laughs> you should sell like <laughs> tens of thousands of
1: those. I should, actually. Fucking don't be a dink, it'd be an awesome shirt. Yeah.
4: (laughs) I get it. It's like the... I try to be nice. It's not like I... I'm not trying to be somebody else. I just try to understand everyone's point of view, basically. Yeah. And that's the way I'm being nice. It's not that I accept everything everyone says and just nods and backs away. (laughs) But I... I try to, like, see their point of view. That means everybody. Like, everybody has something that drives them. Some experience or some situation they're in. Like, everyone has a life, and everyone has problems, and everyone has things that make them happy. So uh, just try to be nice and try to understand people. That's where I think.
1: Everybody take a lesson from Man. Yeah. Be nice. Mm. Here's the lesson. <laughs> Well look, how about this? How about we listen to another track? Mm. This is uh, another lady name one. Unless it's a dude called Jody. Uh,
4: no, that's up to you. But uh, that was not the intent, but you can yeah, it can be a dude. <laughs> <laughs> <It doesn't matter.
1: laughs> well, uh, anyway, this uh this is a fun one. This is Jody by Neverman. and that was Neverman with the track Jody. And I'm here right now with Neverman. So like who are some of the people you are working with? Because I mean on Andrea there's like some other vocals and stuff going on. Like who are all these people?
4: Yeah, when I when I started this project, it was you know, I'm getting older and I started to think I'm not going to be like an artist, I'm going to be a songwriter. That that's what how I how I started this project. I started to write songs and then I connected to a guy named uh, Ricard Under-Trommel. He has a lot of experience like writing songs, he, he writes songs for a living. He helped me to start this project, and when we started writing the songs, I don't remember why, but then I started singing on them, and uh, they suited me, basically. And I thought, why not? Why not be the artist Neverman then? So we, we started writing stuff together. And then we started to bring in people he knew and uh, musicians, like uh, we had Hilda Denny uh, singing on Andrea, a friend of Ricard who uh, he worked with, with her stuff. So um, we started there on the first EP and then we started to writing the full album. Then we brought in uh, OSC. Opus Science Collective from England. He did a remix for me and then we started talking and then he brought some other stuff to the mix literally because he mixed the record
1: <laughs> but uh, wah, wah. Wah, wah.
4: but uh, he joined <laughs> joined in and, and started writing the songs with us and the three of us wrote the songs and then we brought in a saxophone player called uh, Anton and uh, Gabriel, a, a guy r- playing the g- guitar, and uh, some other guitarists, uh, Stefan and Christian, so we, there's a lot of people on there. And that what I, that's what I talked about before. It's like a, a collaboration, this album. It's not just me. It's people coming together to write the songs and like riff on each other and getting where we're going with the songs, but I get the question sometimes: like, are you Neverman or is it a band? And uh, I am Neverman, I guess. <laughs> so that's me. But it's been kind of a fluid thing.
1: Why does Neverman have two ends?
4: I like like when I started, I thought I need a name for the project, and actually, I started. Maybe I should call myself Forever Boy, (laughs) guess. (laughs) Then I looked at Spotify and I was like, no, there there was quite a lot of Forever Boys. And then I (laughs) (laughs) thought about Neverman. Then I searched for Neverman. And then, no, there was some Neverman with one N. And then I thought, well, one of those 80s director's Michael Mann has two N's in his name so I brought in that extra M. so it's Michael Mann's fault
1: well he's a good director man Heat yeah yeah Heat is an awesome film (laughs) exactly
4: so so that was the the basis for it and then when I was up and running i realized it's a last name in a lot of parts of the world <laughs> like spelled that way never man with two ends.
1: really yeah that's a cool last name i don't know if it's german or a
4: dutch or a, i think it's yeah it's european in some
1: way oh so it's gonna be like fucking like neverman yeah yeah <laughs> well it's not as <laughs> not as awesome as fucking uh, what is it uh Magnuson von bielbo or whatever <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> Yeah, you know more about that than me, but I don't remember what it no. was. Me neither. I'm, I'm I'm referencing an older episode of the show when I read that no. name. Why did I read that name? I don't know. Burger Magnuson von Bielbo. Yeah. I don't. I don't even think I could type that into a search engine and get it back. Like I don't. <laughs> this is how ephemeral my show is. For even yeah. me, it's like uh, I record it, and then literally it just disappears into the air, and I don't. Uh, <laughs> none of it stays in my brain. I don't remember what I've done. I mean, that's why I talk about the same things all the time. Yeah. Every time it's uh, it's like a new experience. <laughs> so I have a question for you, actually, mm-hmm. because I think my favorite song of yours is uh, "Cherry Baby," yeah. which we'll listen to in a bit. Mm-hmm. I don't often do this, but I think I prefer. The original single version to the album version. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to tell you why, because I like those bell sounds in the chorus.
4: <laughs> yeah, okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's it, really.
4: That was not a question, but but yeah. I'll <laughs> try to answer it anyway. <laughs> 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 the original version, when we did the um, the album version, it was like... Like bringing it to an album, like making the sound coherent, I think. Like making it more of a, a total album. I think that's why we lost some of those things in the song. But that's why I still keep the like the single versions of both Andrea and Cherry Baby out. Because since we changed it for the album, we should have called them maybe... We call them the Redux version on the album for a reason. Like they don't sound really the same. But uh, yeah... Yeah, those bells.
1: <laughs> I think also too though the version on the album, it's the structure is slightly different too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like there's more repetition of like the the chorus part and stuff. Yeah, yeah, but you don't have those bells there. No, <laughs> if you combine the structure, yeah. Of the album version with the bells.
4: We we could make the Beyond Synth yeah. <laughs> version with the, just add the bells.
1: Yeah. Or just I, the I can bells.
4: get I can get the VST <laughs> bells and then just <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. What was the, the main difference with the original single of Andrea and the album one?
4: I think it's less of a change there and the structure, but I agreed with we, we talked about it a lot. Like the like the structure in the original version was that Hilda was only singing for very short periods of time in the in the song. Just the second verse and then she basically was gone from the song and we uh, moved the song her her uh, vocals uh, like copied it and moved it around in the song uh, just to make her more present in the song basically. Kind of a little trick making it sound like she sings more in the song that she actually does but I think it made a more like full version and she was like featured more on the song.
1: As we listened to the album one uh, to but Mm -hmm. yeah because it it wasn't as striking to me the difference but then Cherry Baby was a track that I listened to quite a bit so that's why like when I heard the album one, I'm like oh I see he's fucking changed it
4: it's like the Star Wars special edition yeah yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) well but I noticed too like I noticed like with the structure I'm just like okay like it's hitting the chorus more and stuff and I liked that Mm. so yeah I guess it is uh, you're you're fucking the the George Lucas of (laughs) Neverman
4: yeah I guess so.
1: Yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah but I like the, like both both versions. But but it's like yeah, it's like the album version. It's it's quite funny because I think I structured the song from the beginning out of those bells. Like those bells were the were the thing I built the song from. I was just so happy, you know. When you when you have, I'm not a like a, a analog synth guy. I'm the VST guy. I have <laughs> I have nothing. <laughs> I have one drum machine that's uh, like analog but i was so happy finding that sound like when you make sounds trying to remake like the sounds of the 80s or 90s you look for the what synth did they use on that song from the 80s and you i had this swedish song actually that had those bells in it and when i just shuffled through the VST looking for a new sound. I found that bell and I was so happy. (laughs) Like, I can use that bell in my song. (laughs) So, uh, then I used it on Cherry Baby, so uh, yeah, it's nice you liked the bell.
1: Yeah. So now I'm debating here. Should I which which version should I play?
4: You should play the version you want to play. Uh, it doesn't matter to me. I like both.
1: All right. Well, then let's listen to the single one back from uh, from 2018. But this is exciting because if people get the Neverman album, they can listen to an alternate version, mm-hmm. which is good as well. But I I uh, love uh, the this one. This is uh, this is Cherry Baby by Neverman. You know? was Neverman with the track Cherry Baby. And I'm here right now with Neverman. Hey, I got a question for you. Yeah. What the fuck is a titty dip? <laughs> you have like this this EP that you came out with like before all the other tracks and there's something in there called Titty Dip.
4: Yeah. A story about that. That was like the first song me and Rickard wrote together. I only had the phrase titty dip into the room <laughs> we started writing it. I had, had this phrase, I, I said, that I want to use in this chorus, and he was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> said, no, titty dip is basically a tip that's a uh, wordplay on tip, and you know, like the... I don't know what you call it when you... Like when you enhance a phrase, like add uh, letters and uh, sounds to, uh, to words to make it longer. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> You can have, like, a language that uses that that kind of... Like, you take a word and you say it in a different way. Do you know what
1: I mean? <laughs> I'm trying to figure this out here. Yeah. Do I know what you mean? Um... <laughs>
4: in Sweden, we have... Uh, it's called rövarspråket. It's kind of a, a secret language that if you take a word and you add syllables to it. That was
1: the word. Oh! You add syllables. You mean, like, fucking... You... Hold on here, but that's not a I mean, there's a stupid thing called pig Latin. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> sounds about right. But the the point of it is like a secret language. Like, you know, when you talk to somebody else, you're like Ixne on they on the exactly. woo-way or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And, and...
4: yeah. So it's kind of that, but tip. And it's titty dip. It's kind of strange. I'm sorry. But, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it was kind of strange because I, I wrote that song and then I entered the song into a competition here in Sweden. It was a radio competition and they kept asking me what is titty dip and I said I don't, I don't know because I, I didn't want to go into the discussion about it being a tip uh, and kind of being a dirty word I think in this context.
1: Right. Does that make sense? <laughs> well it's sort of dirty no matter what way you read this because even if it's not a tip then it's... Yeah.
4: It's not a titty if you know what I mean. That will <laughs> oh I know
1: good. what you mean. <laughs> <laughs>
4: The reason I used that word was like, you can insert any word into that. You can insert any meaning into that. You can say any word there. And it's kind of hard to explain. I don't know.
1: <laughs> the, the the multifaceted use of titty dip.
4: Yeah. Let's, let's print a t-shirt with titty dip on it.
1: It would be curious if you just presented this word for the population. Yeah. And just said, what do you think this means? <laughs> yeah. And see what you get and then conduct like a scientific poll. All
4: oh, my friends thought this is dirty right and uh i said no i don't know uh what do you think <laughs> so uh, yeah everyone <laughs> thinks it's a dirty word
1: i mean i get the impression it, it means something like you go swimming up to the point where the water passes over your nipples
4: yeah let's go with that
3: because
1: it's a That's titty it dip right like you've yeah. dipped you've dipped the you've d- <laughs> the titty yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm a child. Yeah, (laughs) we both are. Yeah, well, whatever. It's all good. So what's going on for you? I mean, you just put out the album recently. So are you like working on the uh, new tunes right now, or?
4: Yeah, I just uh, put out an uh, EP also in the in May called "Valmusterigen Sex."
1: Now that sounds dirty too.
4: Yeah, I know, but it's the, <laughs> it's the number six in Swedish is
1: sex. Fucking Swedes. You, you filthy <laughs> bastards over there! Yeah, I know
4: that EP is uh, an instrumental EP. That's my, my parents uh, moved out of their home recently and that was like my childhood home. They, were, they lived there since the 70s, I think. So it's like with the pandemic and stuff, I haven't been able to go back to them and help them move and stuff and really like say goodbye to the house, basically. So I made this EP as a way to say goodbye to my childhood home, I guess. It sounds kind of strange, but I think it was like a way for me to handle that, not going back there again, so I did this kind of a small narrative in the in the e p like me coming home from school, like going through to what I do and then going to bed basically that's the that's the story of the e p the instrumental
1: right. That makes sense then, yeah. Because I was looking at it, and like in between each song, there's sort of little like vignettes of just sounds, and the tracks are like microwave and stuff, and you just hear someone just Mm. kind of rustling around and just like making some food, and
4: yeah, it was like uh, yeah, it was a way to uh, like go through it, (laughs) like what was my childhood like, and uh, it's like when you when you write music and. Like my mother said, it sounds kind of sad, <laughs> like the, some of the songs. Was was it a sad childhood? No, not at all. But it's like, <laughs> the, what do you call it, like nostalgia in a way. Like it feels kind of sad, but it's just missing the times. Uh, It's not that I felt bad (laughs) when I grew up.
1: Yeah, like, how would you explain it? Yeah, because there's some music I'll listen to where it's sad, but I wouldn't necessarily classify it as, it doesn't make me think of sad memories, but the music itself sounds sad. Because, like, the same with Synthwave. It's like, sometimes you listen to the songs, and it's not so much about the energy of the song, just that it just transports you back in time.
4: Yeah, and here it was like literally me transporting myself back to my childhood home and like remembering what did i do <laughs> coming home from school yeah i microwaved something and then i had this song laying, laying around uh, and then i uh, like continued that what did i used to do yeah i watched some television i used to draw a lot um, do some homework and uh, you know all that stuff and then listen to some music yeah. Uh, Late at night and then going to bed, like that was my routine. That was what I was doing. So um, yeah, that was the story and the, the the EP. So yeah, like my mother said, it, it's 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 kind of nostalgic, you know, like remembering how it used to be.
1: There wasn't a song about uh, hiding a dirty magazine under the the bed.
4: No, that was the song "Tittities." <laughs> <you>, <laughs> <laughs>
1: That would have been a funny one to do because you have all these soundscapes. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could have had the, the one where you just hear, like, the mattress raise and then just. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is me flipping through pages.
4: Yeah. But that that's your album, Andy. Yeah. That's not my album. Yeah. No, no. I was just drawing. Uh, nothing else.
1: Yeah. No, you're a good guy. That's. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I like to hear that. Yeah. I was uh, flipping through a lot of pages <laughs> with my left hand. Um, how about we listen to another song, man? Hmm. And then, uh, and then maybe we can kind of wind down. This was a, a track you did called "All for You," mm. and it's the number four instead of the word "for." Yeah, what's the Swedish word for four? <laughs> Fyra. Fyra. Yeah. Now you,
4: now you sounded from the south of Sweden as well as me.
1: Is that where the smart ones are?
4: Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Only the, the, the smart ones down okay. there. <laughs> But it's, I guess, me me writing the numbers and writing four as a number, uh, that's, like, my Prince influence. He used to do that. So I, I kept that in my song titles, like I'm writing.
1: Well, let's listen to it, man. This is All For You by Neverman. and that was Neverman with the track All for You. I've been chatting with Neverman today about uh, cool things. I have a question actually about this song. Mm-hmm. Is it an effect when you double up the T for turning love into art? Or are you just doing that? Where it goes like "chuchu turning love <laughs> into art"? Like what's happening? Yeah, we
4: we doubled the T. That was my request. I I just thought either I rewrite the lyrics <laughs> or I Tried to do this thing to just keep the rhythm in some way, if I lost that T, it didn't work as well. I don't know, it's, it's kind of strange, but I'm, I'm a drummer, <laughs> I played drums uh, for all my life, so I guess I'm more into, like the rhythm is very important to me, even in the like the uh, how I phrase things and the like the verses and the choruses, so I just added the T there to get the like the rhythm first rhythm
1: right i always key in on like any sort of quirk a song has mm-hmm. and like that'll be the thing that like i focus on and like will make a song catchy to me or something is like when there's a there's a thing in there and for some reason with this song it's the doubling up of the t and that one part is like whenever i listen to the song and then that's the part that always like gets stuck in my head the two two three little bit too hard and i was like i remember i listened to it a few times i'm like what's happening there like there's something happening there and the, now I get it. Yeah, but it, it, makes,
4: it makes it hard for me to sing live, actually. <laughs> <because> I, <laughs> should I do the double T or not? <laughs> it's uh, but I, we'll see when I uh, play it in a, in a venue in Canada sometime. I'll, I'll, if, I, if I sing the T or not, you'll hear it
1: then. Yeah, man, I'll be very. I'll be taking notes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's how I'll grade you. I'll look in the thing. I'm like, all right. I'll have like a chart here, and I'll be like titty dip, and we'll have a check mark, yes, no, and. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. double the T, and whether or not Cherry Baby's got the bells and like uh,
4: I, I promise, I'll bring, I'll bring the bells, I promise I have a very specific grading system yeah.
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah man, is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? No, but I, I, we talked
4: about the new EP which I'm, I'm proud of we, I, we've started writing the next album, so hopefully there will be a new album sometime uh,
1: late this year or next year
4: we'll see if, if I call it something with man or not, but uh, we'll see.
1: The instrumental thing you just put out, did you do that as, it's never man, right? Or is it something else?
4: No, it's never man. I thought about maybe doing it as something else, since it's like instrumental, and uh, just me writing all the song and mixing it, and uh, I got help from Millennium Falk to uh, master it, but all other than that, I did it all by myself, so I thought about doing it as someone else about but no, it's, uh, it was a Neverman track. That's where I have. <laughs> Neverman EP, that's where I have my audience, so to speak. So, no, the next album be, will be uh, vocal again and uh, poppy and like striving to do uh, the hits again. So,. Uh... That's what I'm striving for, making good good songs.
1: Well, cool, man. Well, I also have to say thanks for being a, an awesome patron yeah, sure. of, uh, of Beyond Synth. I
4: like to patron good stuff. So I've listened to your uh, podcast for, uh, for a long time now. I think it was uh, like 150 episodes ago. <laughs> I started listening <laughs> to your podcast or something. I, en- I enjoy it very much, the way you talk to your guests. It's casual and not all about music. Like when I listen to some other podcast it's more about the music it's like a musician is i want to her, her, learn about the artists not a, basically about how they do music but how they are as people <laughs> i like, think that's
1: interesting i know there's like a weird balance because i know there's people who listen who want that sort of stuff but i still maintain not that i have to like defend myself because like mm-hmm. i'm more interested in people so like that's always going to be the show that i make mm-hmm just because that's more interesting to me is like to talk to people and like find out who they are and stuff. But I think there's better places to explain like if you purely want to know how an artist accomplishes a thing mm. I just don't think hearing it in podcast form is the best place especially if an artist is going to be like well you know I use serum or whatever VST plugin," in then it's way more helpful if you're watching like a YouTube video and you actually see the plugin on screen and so you have that visual representation of what the person's talking about and if they're like explaining the tools they use you actually see them manipulate the tools, or you see the keyboard, or you see their hands on the keys and where they land and Mm -hmm. how they make chords and stuff, like, it just, it makes more sense, but, like, when you listen in audio form, like, there's, it's, I don't know, I just feel like the crucial information... Is not there? Yeah, I know what you mean. That makes it less, less sort of meaningful, I guess. Yeah, but
4: I, I had a chat with uh, some other musicians on uh, some. It's, it's called Space Jams, coming out on YouTube on the Nitride FM. But we we had a lot of talk about. Like the musical stuff, how we work, yeah, how we work as artists. But it was more about not about what kind of synth we use, more about how how we write music, uh, what what background we have. And,
1: Right, yes. Yeah, like, I'm talking specifically technically, because a lot of the... Whenever people would tell me that they wanted to hear more, it's sort of like the bedroom producer who literally just wants those quick shortcuts. Mm. So it isn't about, like, I don't want to learn song theory, you know? They just want to know, like... What synth does Perturbator use? You know, like, that's assuming that if you download the same VST, all of a sudden you'll make the same quality of music.
4: Yeah, I have tried that, and that didn't work at all. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you download the same stuff. (laughs) and No. But I was, like, when I was a drummer, like, when I was a kid, there was a lot of other drummers who... Was really into like buying the right s- set, like the right drum set and the right drumsticks, and uh, this is the perfect symbol. And and for me, it was like, but I, I just want to play the drums. I don't care. I can play on a like pots and pans. I don't I don't care. I I just want to play. So I could play on anything. That that didn't didn't bother me. But it became a problem later when I when I wanted to get the right sound. I didn't really know how to do it like i didn't ha- I didn't have the interest to find out what kind of what kind of symbol is the best so so when i when people people talk with me as a drummer, like how do you like your cymbals mixed when you i like, played in bands and stuff and i I don't know like uh, like good can <laughs> you mix it
3: <laughs> sounding good please
4: so you You're supposed to know that later, like, yeah, I like my symbols this way, so you just turn the knobs this way right <laughs> so so that was that made me feel like someone who didn't care later, <laughs> but so it's uh it's a it's a fine line <laughs> to, to
1: no no, I get it, man, look, there's a multifaceted uh titty dip. <laughs> yeah
4: (laughs) we can use it to that yeah (laughs) (laughs) you can use it for
1: anything good I'm glad I'm gonna use it to end this show now yeah so we uh, we we did it man well look you have a lovely Swedish day and uh, and keep on making cool music and thanks for supporting the show and stuff and we'll keep playing Neverman tracks on the show nice and uh, what else what do normal people do when they're uh, <laughs> saying goodbye to somebody?
4: Well, in in movies, they don't say goodbye uh, yeah. when they hang up. so <laughs> we can <Yeah>. do that.
1: <laughs> I love that. That's, like, one of my favorite. I have done that to friends before just because it makes me feel cool like a movie where you're just like, yep. Boy, are we are going to be there at, like, six? <laughs> yeah. And then just hang up and, like, just like, yeah, man, like, I'm like a movie. I just...
4: And then they call back. What, why did you,
1: Why did you hang up, dude? The the best one is in Heat, where there's like uh, Al Pacino, and he's like just manically chewing gum the whole movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the one guy's, like telling him some information. He's just like staring off into space, just holding the phone, just chewing gum, and just like <sniffs> yeah, and then just fucking hangs up. And like it's so, I I always laugh every time because it's just <laughs> so ridiculous. Like the look on his face. But look, you have uh, you have a good time over there, and. Uh, keep on trucking do you have any do you have any like uh, parting words
4: parting words yeah, <laughs> that sounds so sever- serious no uh just keep doing what you do and and uh i'll keep doing what i do so uh, yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> you said that with such conviction yeah yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> what should i say i don't know no i'm, I'm good
1: all right <laughs> <laughs> all right man We'll take care dude you too All right, and that was my chat with Neverman and my catch-up with Kid Casio. So I hope you enjoyed the show. Please tune in next time to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. I hope you are all having a good time. If it's hot where you are, get under an umbrella and also get used to it. There's a lovely message to end this on. Uh, Listen, you're all cool, and uh, tune in next time. And until then, I'm Andy Last saying goodbye!
3: Thanks for listening.
0: Beyond Synth is made possible by the supporters on Patreon and PayPal. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a supporter at patreon.com slash Beyond Synth or donating via PayPal at beyondsynth.com. If you want to submit music to the show, please email beyondsynthsubmissions at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to Beyond Synth on YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and Facebook. May the Force be with you.